0: She is a serial entrepreneur whose current venture aims to encourage and help people have first times and new experiences. She herself is quite the traveler having visited over 40 countries so far, an adventurer with a love for exploring. She also happens to have 24 years of service in the United States Marine Corps. Firecrackers, please welcome Anne. So you just moved to Las Vegas?
1: Yeah. So I came back from Germany in July. I spent about a month and a half with my family in Massachusetts. And then I drove across country and uh, settled here in Las Vegas. So you were in Germany and this was because of work or just leisure? I was mobilized with the Marine Corps. So it's my second time there with Marine Forces Europe and Africa. Wow. Yeah. How Um, long have you been in the Marine, in the Marine Corps? I've been in the Marine Corps for 24 years. So I joined the Marine Corps at 17. I turned 18 in boot camp and I did 10 years on active duty. And then I left active duty to pursue entrepreneurial endeavors. I failed at those. And then I was basically broke homeless. A friend had to loan me some money to rent a room in, you know, in somebody else's house. And another friend was like, hey, do you know you're still in the Marine Corps? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. So we argued back and forth for a little while and he turned out to be correct. So I took my first set of active duties, like temporary active duty orders. And so after three years having nothing to do with the Marine Corps, I was back in uniform and it really helped me you know, get my um, footing on their back and save money and pay off my debt from all the businesses. And then it led me to Germany. So the first go around in Germany was 2013, 2015. Yeah. So it's, it's been an incredible blessing to continue to have the Marine Corps to support my entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. Okay.
0: So you just gave me a lot of information and I want to hear more <laughs> about everything. So let's start <laughs> with the Marine Corps because I've always had, I've always been curious, like how do you get in the Marines? And how, is, how hard is the training? How is it for a woman to be part of a military in, this, in the United States?
1: So, well, again, it was 24 years ago. Things have changed immensely in the last 20 plus years. When I joined, so let me back up, I'm originally from Canada. So when I joined, I actually joined on a green card and. I knew, so I had a my um, high school sweetheart join the Marine Corps, and he was writing to me from boot camp, and then after that, when he deployed, and he was doing all this cool stuff, and I was like, this is what I want to be doing. I was top 10 in my class. I was class president, and everybody expected me to go to college, and it was just like, no, I want to go be challenged. I want to have adventures. I want to see the world. I'm joining the Marine Corps. My mom was not happy about it. My dad was very supportive, and I started lifting weights at 16 because I knew if I'm joining the Marine Corps, I need to be able to hold my own. And before, this is a lot of information, but before I started lifting weights, I had eating disorder. I started lifting weights, putting on some muscles. It helped me with my eating disorder and got me really focused. So I was really prepared for boot camp. Boot camp was a bit of a disappointment to be honest. um, It was a little petty. I hate to say it, but (laughs) like the drill instructors and there were clicks inside the platoon. And I just didn't expect that. I just truly, because I had read so much about the Marine Corps, my expectations were very high and I was a bit of a letdown. But then uh, four and a half years later, I ended up going, I got selected for the Meritorious Commissioning Program. And so four and a half years later, I was going to Officer Candidate School at Quantico and that was a much different experience. I that was tougher because I had already earned the title Marine, but yet I'm doing all the same things that I did in boot camp, but I was already a sergeant by then. So, yeah, it was tough and I had a pelvic um, I had an injury, a pelvic stress fracture at the end of it and I twisted my ankle. It just it got messy. But I got through it all. And now I'm a lieutenant colonel. So 24 years later, and I've, I've been really engaged with helping push, you know, I wanted every military or, occupational specialties to be open. So the infantry, inf, uh, artillery, all the combat arms to open up to women and I've been part of that fight to make that happen. Uh, I did deploy to Iraq and it's, it's been, been an interesting half of my life because the other half is being an entrepreneur and in tech. So I've always been in men's world. I mean, my life, yeah, my entire adult life since I was 17 has been part of men's world. And I think that definitely had a lot to do with the fact that I'm still single and I, you know, don't want kids. Um, I think it has painted a certain different picture for me than what most women experience, although there's you know women marine and women in the military that chose to have kids, but it just wasn't no no nah, nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, well i I mean, I wouldn't really 100% agree with what you said. You know, being surrounded by men or being always working in a men's you know quote unquote world or industry or you know environment. Uh, it's a factor for, um, for a woman to decide to not have children or to be single. I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because, like you said, you know, there are many women who are in the military who are mothers, who are married, and I think it's, it's a choice in the end, right? But do, do you remember when you made that choice or how, how, how did it work for you?
1: Well, there are two factors that impacted that, but I, I will say this, right? So there's not, a, first off, there are not a lot of female generals certainly those that are generals don't have kids. So it's like anything else. And I have plenty of friends who chose to have uh, children and they left the military early and that their husband continued to have the career. And now they're struggling with their own, you know, should I have stayed in? I wanted to have kids. So, I I mean, I think one of the things for me was I I didn't want to go through that. Like I knew what my priorities were and I knew what I wanted. And having kids or even getting married was not part of that equation. So when I was younger, so I have five brothers and sisters, um, the oldest girl, my brothers are older than me, but taking care of everyone. And I remember my dad, I don't know, maybe I was 11, 12. And my dad said to me, you know, you'll make somebody a good wife someday. And I thought, hell no. <laughs> like, no, this is not going to be, it will not be my life. This is not, this it just isn't going to be it. And also, you know, for full disclosure, when I was 19, I did get pregnant and um, I had, uh, I did not have the, the child. And that also marked me. So at first I thought, okay, well, later in life, I, because I wanted to pursue my career I mean, I knew that I wanted to become an officer, and it just wasn't going to happen having a kid at 19 and then being attached to a guy that, quite frankly, was emotionally and mentally abusive. So it was the right thing for me at the time to make the decision to not have a, a child, to pursue my career, and that just never changed, like the desire to not just... Eventually, when I became an entrepreneur, it became more about pursuing my potential, pursuing making a difference in the world, you know, having an extremely big vision and, and passions that, and, you know, I've traveled all over the world and, you know, that is the choice of choosing those things and devel- developing who I am and how I, I, I mean, I have grown, I have changed so much pursuing my potential. And so, yeah. Sorry, I don't know where exactly I was going with that. <laughs> no, but I completely, I mean,
0: I completely understand where you're coming from. And I could not agree more in the sense that um, women don't need children to be fulfilled. And each one of us, human beings in general, we decide what it is that makes our lives fulfilled. And in your case, it was your career, like you're explaining. And it was afterwards, it was your, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, and it was traveling and it is traveling still because I I read you've been in 40 countries already. Uh, yeah. So I think it's awesome. I'm actually also in the race, not in the race, but my bucket list is I need to visit every single country in the world. And I'm, up on, I'm on 30, more or less. So I'm not, I'm still a little bit, how many countries are there in Toronto? Like 180, something like that, right? Uh, I think it's
1: 200 something. It's, it's a little higher. Yeah. Oh.
0: Okay, so we're, we're, we're going to get there, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but I want to ask you, which is the, the country that has surprised you the most, like in any, in any way that you visited, that you think Surpri-
1: were Surprised me the most. Well, I, I would say, because it's part of my most, currently my most memorable trip, was uh, Morocco. Um, so we, I ended up mountain biking the High Atlas Mountains in Morocco. And it's an absolutely beautiful country. And just, I mean, we were out, obviously, in, in, in the nature, and we're going through and we're staying in these little huts along the way. And the people are obviously very friendly. The food is absolutely delicious. And it was an incredible, it was an incredible trip. You know, a was different than what I had expected. And I... Well, I'm all about first time and new experiences. So I rarely ever return anywhere. So I might never make my way back there, but it will always have a place in my heart. Ah, food is amazing.
0: I can completely <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah. So good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is all about the experiences and that's what stays with you, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And actually another place that surprised me was uh, Jakarta in Indonesia. Because people talk, and that's the one thing when you start traveling, right? Because people talk about third world countries, like their countries are falling apart. Well, they're not. You go to Jakarta, Indonesia, and it's an amazing, well-developed city. And you know what? The streets don't have potholes and there was nobody homeless on the street now. Go to U.S. cities and that's not what you see. So I think traveling gives you a sense of... There's plenty in other countries that know how to do things right, take care of their people, take care of the economy, and and all of that stuff. So it's really good to to get out there.
0: You're listening to The Honest Upward, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. Okay, let's talk about your entrepreneurial endeavors. So you mentioned something first. So you had one company that you started a long time ago and you failed. I don't like that word. You learned.
1: Uh, see, I don't have... Sorry, I don't have the problem with the, world with the word failure. I mean, it is a learning experience, but I mean, you failed. Like, I wear that very proudly. Actually, well, the... Those listening can't see, but if you in my office, I have the signs for all my previous businesses that have failed, and they're on display as proudly as if they made me millions of dollars because they were. They were immense learning experiences. They were humbling, very humbling experiences. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you know, yeah, it's very important to understand that everything that we do in life shapes, grows. And impacts who we are and who we become and it's entirely our choice how that will that will go but admittedly because it was I started life coaching then I started coaching agency I screwed over by a partner then I started why go solo um, this was in 2008 and pursued that for quite a while until I went really broke but then I could see pursued it even after I got back in the Marine Corps. It took me a little while to see that it just wasn't gonna be, it just wasn't going to work out. And admittedly though, that did take me to a very, very dark place. And I was, I did spend quite a few years being depressed and actually even suicidal. I mean, there were days where I couldn't leave the house because I couldn't trust what I would do to myself. But I uh, found my way out of that, out of that very Pet, and then I took a good seven, eight years, and yeah, I mean, I just traveled and and just because initially, not now, but back then, I wanted to make it as an entrepreneur to have all that money to travel to, you know, to do all of these things that I thought required money to do. And I think life taught me that now I could do those things. I didn't have to wait for the perfect conditions to do them. I could just go and do them. So that's what I did. And I was extremely healing to do that, which allowed me to now return back to entrepreneurial pursuit with all the lessons learned, with understanding that I don't need to make it to prove anything. I don't need to make it for my life to change, to be significant. It it is. It is what I make it and what I choose it to be, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And there's, You just reminded me of something I read not long ago, which made me, th- made me think, actually, uh, you know, in regards to what you were saying. I'm just looking for the quote in my phone. Sorry. It was somebody in a movie or in, a, I, I don't remember what I was watching. And the person said, sometimes I wonder if I'm going to spend the rest of my life waiting for it to start. You know how it yeah. is. You're like... Mm-hmm. I, when I get to this level, I'm going to do this. Or when I start earning this amount of money, I'm going to do that. And it's like, dude, life is passing by while you're waiting to get to wherever it is to do whatever is going to make you happy. So just, just do it, you know, just, yeah, whatever just, yep. just whatever, do it is, it. Just, whatever it is, just, whatever it just takes, do it. You, there's yep. so many ways to get, uh, there's a saying, I don't know if in English, um, in Spanish, I'm sure in English is there's uh, all the roads lead to Rome. Yeah. Okay. So there's, it, it just means that there are many ways to do the same thing. You don't have to follow uh, a scripted, you know, manual of rules or, you know, step one, step two, like what is it that you want to do really? What is it that is going to make you happy and getting there?
1: There's just so many ways to get Yeah, And that's the thing. You have to engage with living. Because when you do engage with living, life does guide you. Well, for me, it's, it's God. So people, you know, depends where you're coming from, whether it's God or, or a different religion or universe, whatever. But you engage with living and, and you listen to life. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I learned. It's gonna show you the way. It's gonna open up doors, gonna close out other doors. And then don't try to break down the doors that that are closed. I mean, that's the thing with not having kids. If you don't want them, don't have them because that that will not lead to anything different than what you imagine it not wanting it to be, right? So don't force yourself in situations that you know aren't making you happy, aren't gonna bring you satisfaction you don't overnight or you don't just become somebody different. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, there's there's women that say, um, they they say, I mean, you don't hear a lot of people say this. I'm sure there's a lot more people feeling this than actually talking about this. And it is that um, they feel like a void and they think that having a kid is going to fill that void. And it doesn't, people, <laughs> it doesn't. You know what really fills the void is you to do the things that make you happy. Whatever whatever those things are, that's what yeah. void, you know, and it and include kids or not. That's a whole t- like I yeah. mean everyone has its own, their own personal choice. But.
1: Happy and fulfill and you know, ultimately, I, I hate when people say, you know, what's the meaning of life? Dude, the meaning of life is to live it. Yeah. So do things, explore. You know, make yourself I have I have a shirt that's it's a guinea pig and it says takes one to know one because you should be both the guinea pig and the scientist, right? So you you're you're exploring who you are constantly because we are constantly moving and evolving. Certainly as you're aging and you're going through different phases in your life, you have to, you know, tap back into who you are, who you're becoming, what it means. And yeah, I mean it is, you know. I, I've never cared about how I fit in society because I've never lived my life in a traditional way. So when I look at people that struggle with that, I have a hard time understanding it because I, I, I've never tried to to, to belong in. that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the same time, too, like I know and I watch my dad and one of my brothers has the same. It's a, it's a personality trait that we have where we have a bit of a tough time connecting with people, like really connecting. Uh, maintaining strong friendships, and because we're more loners and we're more, and that impacted my dad towards us, his kids. And my brother is struggling because he's having a tough time connecting with his kids. So, you know, knowing that I was like that, why would I even go down that path?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have, you know, you're conscious about this, man. There's many people who are not really conscious about you know, what their personality traits are or whatnot. They don't really want to face themselves in a way. Uh, they find that very hard for whatever reason. I mean, I'm not judging, you know, everyone goes at their own pace, but um, it is important to know yourself before you start making part of, you know, or, or taking a, such a huge role into somebody else's life. Yeah. So and I, kids are forever, <laughs> you know.
1: And I've also been blessed because my family accepts me for the way that I am. Mm-hmm. And and my mom, she's she's passed, she passed away a couple of years ago. But my mom always she put a little bit more of the pressure when I was younger to, you know, she wanted grandkids and she wanted me to have kids and she wanted to get married and she wanted me in that traditional role. Mm-hmm. And she never accepted that I was never going to be in that traditional role. So unfortunately I never had a close relationship with her because of that. Because she just would not accept me for who I was. And after she passed away and her funeral, everybody was like, tell me how proud she was of me and all of these things. And it's like, why didn't she tell me, right? So how many times, you know, I said like, hey, mom, this is who I am. I need you to accept me for who I am. So she was, you know, and then you hear from all these people how proud and it's, you know, you have to do those things. Like you have to speak your truth and whether or not people are going to accept you, you just have to keep loving them. And it, it might hurt. I'm not saying it's not going to hurt. But speaking your truth and being truth to yourself, nothing is more powerful, in Absolutely. my opinion.
0: No, I completely agree with you. Uh, would you be open to talk briefly about um, that crisis that you had? You know, you, you mentioned the depression. And would you be open to talk about that for a little bit?
1: Yeah. I, I think it was had a lot to do with. So, again, I said I joined the Marine Corps at 17 and I was fairly, and by fa- I was pretty successful in the Marine Corps, right? I'm a type A personality, I'm a go getter. And so I progressed in the ranks. I got a meritorious commission. And when I left and started my own business and I applied that same go getter, nothing will stop me, I'm not afraid to do anything. And I kept failing. I was not understanding what I was doing wrong and it didn't, you know, so I would go back to the drawing board and adjust and figure out a new approach and then I would use that and then I would fail again. And so while I kept going at it and then I would help somebody else and then they were successful employing the same thing that I was employing, but I wasn't successful And actually, even prior to all of that, even throughout the Marine Corps, you know, I endured a lot of um, prejudice and I had to fight a lot of battles and I had injuries and, you know, it starts mounting up to where you feel like life is against you instead of with you. And you're just constantly fighting and you're just not winning. And... I mean, it just kept taking its toll and its toll. And I was just exhausted. I mean, I was exhausted of battling with life. And so it was like, well, what's the point of being alive? Why why would I keep doing this when it's not taking me anywhere? And I've been journaling for years and I would read my journals. And year after year, I'm, I'm like, I'm finding myself at the exact same place. And I just, I was not able to break the pattern. Like I was just not getting out of the pattern that I was in year after year. Um, So that's definitely what got me into the pretty deep depression. Um, And then what got me out of it, um, I know some people are not, you know, are sensitive to religion and spirituality, but for me, it was dropping to my knees, handing my life over to God and saying, you know what, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this anymore. So instead of taking my life, I hand it over to my Creator. I'm like, "You created me. You had a plan for me. I'm screwing it up. So here you go. You know, it's yours now. You lead me, guide me, and show me where I need to be." And uh, for the last for the few years after that, I really committed myself to my faith, and I learned a lot. And it, it was it was hard because one of the things is. Um, that they talk about in Christianity is you have to die to self. So that means you have to let go of your identity. You have to let go of everything that you hang on to. And the biggest identity that I had was my identity as an entrepreneur, as that person that was a go-getter. Nothing stopped her. I faced all my fears. And, you know, I was passionate. I was ambitious. I was driven. I was going to be a multimillionaire someday, you know, and giving that up took me two years. And I would wake up at night just having like an anxiety attack. And if I'm not that person, then who am I? And so I just kept trusting though. I kept trusting the, the, the process. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, again, first found myself going to Germany and being in Europe makes traveling so easy. And I was in Prague and I was driving a BMW. I had paid my, you know, all my debt off. And I'm I'm overlooking. I think it's the. I keep forgetting the name of the river uh, that goes through Prague. But I'm overlooking the river, and I just felt so blessed because it's like if I, if it had been up to me, I wouldn't have made it to that point where. I was back. I had my heart's desire, which I always love to travel. I was getting to travel and everything. I mean, it was just, it's just, a, it was such an incredible realization to have. And then um, later that afternoon, I'm going to go down another track. I apologize. I, uh, so later that afternoon, I'm in a park and there was this homeless man. He was sitting on a bench and his pants were wet. So I don't know if he, you know, pinot himself, whatever it was. But, and I wanted to reach out to him and go buy him a new pair of pants. And I was frozen. Like I couldn't do it. I had the desire to do it, but I couldn't do it because I didn't know how to connect with another human being that way. And I, I, I mean, I was like, I'm in the park and I'm crying and I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, I can't like, just go give him money. And I just like, couldn't do it. And then, you know, my prayer changed. It's like, I want to be able to do this. And after I left Germany, I started traveling and I started doing Airbnb and all these people were opening up their homes to me. And somebody opens up their homes to you. You know, you don't just go to your room and you don't talk to them. So I started sharing and I started opening up. And then I went on, and I'm not kidding you, hundreds of first dates, hundreds of first dates to make myself connect, talk, open up, share, right? So that I could remedy that. And now, yeah, I'll volunteer for something. If I see someone in need, no problem. I'll jump in. But it took all those experiences to, to do that. But I'm, I'm very grateful to all the people that I encountered that were so open to me mm-hmm. to teach me how to do that.
0: That's very inspiring. Well, and thank you so much for being here. Uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I wish we had more time. But before I let you go, you have, the floor is yours. You can,
1: you know, whatever you want to add to your interview, feel free. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And sorry, I, I I'm, I'm a talker. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. So, I run, uh, it's called the 365 First Challenge, and it's all about having first time in your experiences. The app will be available on iPhone and Android on Saturday. So yay, that's a big, that's a big first for me, big milestone for the 365 First Challenge. But it's me kind of taking my experiences and finding a way to help people break out of their routine of their in their ruts and start stepping up out outside of their comfort zones and exploring more because when you start doing new things you start learning new things about yourself so it has all these tremendous benefits to be exposed to new experiences so the app is designed for you to make your list and then uh, i'll be launching next level first coaching to get some coaches to help people to do that so i want to keep sharing i i want to bring people in on the type of journey that I've had because life is about living. And I think it's one thing I've mastered is how to live life. And I want to help other people do that.
0: Well, that's awesome. I'm going to leave uh, the links to Anne's 365 Day Challenge down here and any other, uh, you know, her social uh, links in case you want to follow her and see what she's up to In in the description of this episode. We're going to leave everything. So... Uh, people can uh, reach out to you and thanks again for being here it's been such a pleasure and thank you for having me thank you for listening to the honest uproar a podcast where modern child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the community we hope you tune in next week for our newest episode and since we love hanging out with you please be sure to follow us on social media at the honest uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.